So here we are, um, Global Outreach Sunday, this week and next week. Maybe you've noticed the flags around. Uh, and recently, Mitch and Dave Ackerman had the chance to go to India. And so we thought it'd be real valuable today to start off by sharing uh, Mitch, kind of queuing us in on what's going on in India. So there you are, Mitch, in India. Taj Mahal. There I am. So 23,000 miles of travel later, here I am back. That's a lot of miles. <laughs> it is a lot of miles. Um, and uh, when we, it's almost so far you got to figure out which way around the earl, worth, <laughs> world you want to go. Um, we ended up going east. It was funny when we landed in uh, Germany on the way back, I got in the airport and I was like, oh my gosh, it's clean and it smells so nice in here. <laughs> like at that point, if, even if I didn't make it home, I was like, oh. Okay, good. <laughs> but no, it was an amazing trip. Um, India is not really for tourists other, other than this place here. Um, but I'm so glad I got the opportunity to go um, to meet Ken. Um, I'd met him here. We don't really understand um, how God has really connected us with some amazing partners around the world. Mm -hmm. And that was the, really, the most eye-opening thing to me, being there. Um, knowing Ken and what he's doing, and then the other people that we partner with around the world. I don't know how or why God connected Small right. Good News Church <laughs> to these people, but they're a big deal, all of them. And Ken specifically, he has a whole team of people. He is the movement leader, but there's a whole bunch of people in the movement um, doing it and making it happen. They are really smart, have a really good plan, love the Lord, and are really passionate about who they're reaching and why they're doing what they do. Um, so we're part of the Presbyterian Church in America here, good news. Um, Ken helped found the Presbyterian Church in India. And so this is the, the team, some of the team and their wives. Uh, they had a dinner for us the last night there at Ken's house. And these are amazing, amazing people um, that God has raised up to come alongside Ken and the, the whole team um, for what they do. So anyway. So what sort of things is Ken specifically doing there in India? So it, he has a big, big vision to make so the 1.2 billion people in India to make it a Christian nation. It's Hindu currently, like 90-some percent Hindu. Um, but his plan is that, so there's babies just kind of left in the streets. They have... Uh, a home where you just leave a baby in a cradle and then they take it in. Um, so they, they start there. There's also um, an orphanage they have where there's 400 and some kids in it currently. Um, and they keep those kids in there. or They connect them to like foster families and stuff, but um, they put them in school. They're part of the orphanage and then they're there probably till they're around 23. And that gets to the other point where education is really, really important. Um, the education system there is not very good. So one of the things that they do is they have schools. Um, they have primary schools, high schools, college, and even a seminary. And his plan to make India a Christian nation is to raise up these kids to be the next leaders of India. So he wants to educate them well, teach them English, because that's kind of, there's so many languages in India. English, because of the British, um, is the most common language and then to make them believers in Christ so that they're these powerful, educated people that will rule the country. That's and amazing. that's a, a big, big deal. Yeah, absolutely. So Good News Church has helped 
has partnered with Ken to start 20 churches throughout India. So what is the next phase in the church planting movement through Ken? So he has, we'll show a video in a little bit where he explains the four next big uh, projects they have, but this is one of them he'll explain, is that, uh, so from Lucknow, a town or city, to New Delhi, it's about 300 kilometers. And they have a plan by 2025 to plant 30 churches along the way, one every 10 kilometers. Now this is in an area of India, the state of Uttar Pradesh, which is 96 million people in a very, very small space. So it's very densely populated and it's over 99% Hindu currently and the rest non. Um, and so there really isn't a Christian presence, but they're praying and they've sent missionaries there and they're kind of, they're, they're plowing the field to go plant these churches. That's amazing. So what, uh, you were part of a church uh, dedication. So tell us about that experience. This was another, there's so many aspects to what they do, um, but this one I'd kind of been involved with a little bit beforehand, uh, a year ago or whatever, and then I actually got to be there on the dedication day. And what this is, and I didn't know this until we arrived there, but uh, this particular church is the first church, first Christian church for this specific people group. The group is about, it's a tribe, and it's about 25,000 or so. They've um, somehow through the schools and stuff, God raised up and ordained uh, a man to be the pastor who reached his family and has started this church. There's about 150 or so that are super excited to reach their whole tribe. Hmm. So where Ken is in India, it's to the far, far east of India. So that's why everybody looks a little more Asian than Indian of descent. Um, the, it's kind of a valley and then there's mountains on both sides and then there's, he calls it, there's valley people and then there's hill people. Hmm. So in the hills, it's more tribal and there's just different dialects and things. Um, this church uh, was the first for this particular tribe. They don't have a Bible in their language. They have one that's close. It's just a little bit dialect off. Um, but it's, the field is more fertile with the hill people than it is the valley people. The people in the valley are more Hindu. Um, but they have a plan for that as well. But it's just interesting to see that just very strategically going after these people groups. Yeah, absolutely. What was the most interesting thing you ate while you were there? Really important question, I know. <laughs> I know you got I, sick, I sadly. guess I did, I did. Um, <laughs> Lost that, that that kind of, I did, I came back thin. <laughs> Ten days in India, that's all you gotta that's do. That's, <laughs> New Year's resolutions, forget it all, just, yep. 23,000 miles, 10 pounds, boom, done. Uh, that's awesome. Well, thanks for going on behalf of Good News. Uh, mention the podcast. So Andy and I uh, do, do the podcast each week. And a couple weeks ago, after I got back, we sat and we talked for kind of an extended amount of time in our normal podcast kind of way. So if you want to know more about the trip, uh, we had fun discussing it and going through things. Um, so to get that, if you have an iPhone, you just text the word Apple to that number, 904-447-2163. See, 40. You'll, you'll not be I able to read I that soon. That. Yeah. Um, and if you have another device, uh, text the word Google, and that'll take you to the Google Play Store where you can uh, subscribe to the podcast. Awesome. So we have a video from Ken that he prepared just for you guys, so check this out. Hello. Good news. Uh, I'm Ken Tomping. 
Greetings in the name of our Lord and Jesus Christ from India. Uh, thank you for sending these two wonderful men, Dave and Mitch, to us to see what God has done here through you. It's amazing. We had a wonderful time. But I want to challenge you again, um, good news, to join with us in partnership in planting churches. Right now, we have in our mind to plant uh, 30 churches every 10 kilometer between Lucknow and uh, New Delhi, which is thickly populated by Hindus. I think it's 99.5% Hindus and no Christian at all. Uh, in a few days, I'll go there and start a presbytery center there. That's where we will begin to witness. Please join with us in expanding God's kingdom and taking the gospel and forwarding the gospel to these places. We also have in mind to focus our attention to Assam. Assam probably is the world's most populated uh, people group uh, country. It's, uh, right now we have two missionaries working there and uh, we are thinking of planting churches there again. So we need your cooperation, uh, partnership, your prayer. Please join with us again with our Assam mission that is in India. And also join with us again uh, our attempt to reach Myanmar. We live uh, about 70 miles away from Myanmar and we believe that God has put us in a very strategic place so that we might reach Myanmar with the gospel. Please join us again so that we can plant many churches in Myanmar. Uh, Myanmar is basically a Buddhist country so we need a lot of prayers, support and helps and partnership with you. Also, we are wanting to focus our attention again, over and over again, in the valley of Manipur. Manipur uh, has uh, a population, a Hindu population of about uh, 1.5 million here right next door. So we want to continue to reach them. We have been reaching them, we have been planting churches, but there's a, a great need. Out of 1.5 million, there are about, there are about 30 uh, believers, sorry, 30,000 uh, believers there. So the harvest is ripened, the harvest is ready, and we need more laborers. We need your prayer, we covet your support and prayer. Thank you very much for partnering with us for so many years, and we look forward to partnering with you in the future in forwarding the gospel around the world. Awesome. <clears throat> Hopefully that was helpful for you to hear from Mitch and Ken on what's going on in India. It's really amazing and humbling that we get to be a part of it. Uh, wanted to mention the conference that's coming up next this weekend, uh, Friday. Come to whatever you're able to. The purpose of the conference is for you to interact with our church planters from around the world. So we have some amazing guests coming. You're going to really enjoy meeting them and hearing from them. So if you can only come Friday morning, Friday afternoon, Saturday morning, come to the dinner Saturday night. They'll be on stage uh, next Sunday. You'll get to hear more from them. So uh, anything you're able to come to, feel free. We'd love to have you interact with those folks. It's going to be a really neat time. So I have a deep-rooted belief I want to share with you. I believe that each person here today and each person in the world has a desire to be part of something bigger than themselves, to be a part of something that makes a difference. Uh, I, I began to sense this even in middle school. I thought to myself, you know, I want my life to, to count for something bigger than just 
my, myself. I want to make a difference in the world. And that's one thing I love about Christianity is it answers life's deepest questions very well, such as what is the meaning of life and what's our purpose? And so how many of us woke up today thinking, God has something meaningful for me to do today? Maybe that's not a normal thought we have, but for the Christian, it's true. God has something meaningful for us to do. He has a call for us specifically and as a church. And so this Sunday and next, we're going to be taking some time to look at what God's doing around the world and what, uh, what is our role in it. And so I'm excited to share a familiar passage from the Bible with you today, talk through it a bit, and then give some examples of what God's doing around the world. Uh, so that's what we're going to do today, but I'd love to start off with a word of prayer. So please join me. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, we do lift up our brother Ken to you and pray for him, pray for his health, pray for his wife and children, pray for the vision that you've given him uh, through church planting, through the orphanage, through education. I uh, pray that you would equip him and strengthen him today. Uh, we pray for all our friends across the globe who are meeting today uh, in the name of Jesus. We pray that they would have an amazing time with you as they open your word and fellowship with other believers. God, thank you for what you're doing throughout the world. Thank you for what you're doing in St. John's County. I pray that we would uh, accept the mission and that we'd be a part uh, of making disciples of the nations. So God, I pray that you'd show up here today, that you'd use me, a flawed human being, to speak your truth. And I pray uh, all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. If you have your Bibles, you can op open up to Matthew chapter 28. Uh, if not, you can follow along on the screen. Uh, this is a very popular passage, so I want to read a section, verses 16 through 20, and then give some context and explain some of it to you. So, Matthew 28, 16, entitled The Great Commission. But the eleven disciples proceeded to Galilee, to the mountain which Jesus had designated. And when they saw him, they worshipped him, but some were doubtful. And Jesus came up and spoke to them, saying, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go therefore and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. So Matthew 28, there's some pretty significant things happening here, something really vital to the Christian faith. Uh, in chapter 28, you have... The ladies show up at the tomb, and there's an angel there, and the angel says in verse 6, hey, guess what? He's not here, for he has risen just as he said. The resurrection of Jesus Christ. So Easter's coming, the once a year where we really highlight that, but the resurrection is something to be celebrated every day, all year long. So the resurrection happened. So you have these followers of Jesus who have been hanging out with him for three years. Their leader dies. They watch it happen. And the next thing you know, he's appearing to them. So have you ever thought about the emotions of the disciples at this time? It's kind of interesting. We get a glimpse in verse 17. It says, they worshipped him, but some were doubtful. Uh, I don't know wh where you would be on that, whether you would be a worshiper or a doubter. I'm pretty skeptical by nature, so I would lean towards the doubting guy, being like, this is crazy. You were dead, and now you're alive. What's going on? What are we supposed to do now? And so the emotions of the disciples, so he says, hey, go to this mountain, and I have a message for you. So they were probably extremely anticipating, what is he going to say? What are we supposed to do at this point? So what does he say? He says, all authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Not some authority, but complete authority. All authority 
And not just here on earth, but in all of heaven. All authority. It's amazing. So he starts with that, and then what does he say? He says, go therefore and make disciples of all the nations. So this idea of go, that's why we got these fancy shirts. That's why we call it global outreach. This idea of going. So do you think our call as Christians is to evacuate St. John's County, get on airplanes, and go to foreign lands? Do you think that's what he's talking about here? No, it's not. It's not. That would be a terrible idea. Some people are called to go. My dad and stepmom were missionaries for 18 years in Ecuador and Costa Rica. My grandparents lived in Russia as missionaries. Some people are called to go, actually literally go to a foreign country. But here we are. God's placed us here. And in the Greek, this word actually means as you are going. As you are going to work in the morning. As you're going home to your family. As you're going to school tomorrow morning. As you're going to the gym, as you're going, make disciples of the nation. So it's a, that's an important thing for us to understand. So as we are going, make disciples. Maybe you've noticed we've been talking a little bit about making disciples this year. It's been a very repeated phrase describing that. And one thing uh, that I love is that disciple making doesn't end at conversion. Conversion is vital and important when people come to faith in Christ, but it's a process. It's an adventure. And so we have this call to not just make converts, but to make disciples. <clears throat> and it's make disciples of who? It says of the nations. So I have a trivia question for you. Do you know how many nations there are in the world? Any guesses? How many nations in the world? There's 195. So 195 nations. So Jesus says, hey, I have a little job for you. There's billions of people. Go make disciples of the nations. That's kind of a big deal. So where would you think the U.S. would rank in population? Out of the 195 nations, where do you think we would rank in population? Okay, we're actually third, which was surprising to me. So you have China and India, who have one point something billion, and then you have the U.S. at 330 million, which is kind of crazy. They have a billion more people in, the, in China and India than we have in the United States. Uh, number four is Indonesia. Uh, with 270 million, and then Brazil with 212 million. So those are the top five in population. It's kind of crazy when we think about this idea of reaching the nations, billions of people, but that's the big job that, that God has given us. And so notice what it also says as, as we think about the Great Commission. Sometimes these parts get left out. Go therefore and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I commanded you. So raise your hand if you've baptized someone in the past week. Anybody? No. It's, a, it's not something we go and do individually, this idea of baptizing. So I believe the Great Commission, it's given to this group of people. It's given to the church, the value of the local church, which I believe is God's unique organism to make disciples of the nations. So the local church is so valuable, this idea of what do we do in the local church? We baptize here. We teach the word of God. We practice the Lord's Supper once a month. This idea of the sacraments that are unique to the local church. So as we think about the Great Commission, we have a very individualistic mentality as Americans. It's something that we take pride in. I'm going to accomplish this. I'm going to do this. But this idea that it's for the body of Christ, it's for the local church. And we're not alone with one another even as the church, but notice what it says at the end. I am with you always, even to the end of the age. How awesome is that? Jesus, who has all authority, is saying, hey, by the way, you have your local church, which is vital, but also 
I'm going to be with you every step of the way. Do y'all remember Matthew 1? Jesus is referred to as Emmanuel. And what does Emmanuel mean? God with us. So Matthew starts with God with us. And the very last verse of the book of Matthew, God with us. He is with us to the end. He's not going anywhere. How encouraging is that as believers that we have Jesus on our side? The local church, I, I read you know, different stats about the local church in America, and I learned recently that there's 4,000 churches that are started in the United States each year. 4,000. Guess how many close their doors? 3,700. 4,000 are started, 3,700 close their doors every year in America. 300 net gain. And they say with population increase that the local church is dying in America. And one thing we're doing with Global Outreach is we're starting to plant more churches here uh, in America, in our own backyard. So it's kind of crazy uh, just the, how the local church is going out of style, in a sense, in America, but there's a great value because it's God's institution and we have this call. So I'm really grateful that you all are here and that you all buy into the local church because it's so vital, and it's so vital that we plant local churches. So the point for today, the main point for today, Jesus invites us to make disciples around the world. Jesus invites us to make disciples around the world. He allows us to be a part of this great commission of making disciples of the nations, which is pretty cool. So is the great commission for you? Yes, it is. As a Christian, the great commission is for you as an individual to first be a disciple and to be a disciple maker, but you're not on your own. You have the local church and you have Jesus to accomplish this. We're in this mission together, which is encouraging. And we have a purpose as a church that we say each week, and I invite you to say this with me. The purpose is to reach and transform people by the power of the gospel in biblical community. This is the why behind Global Outreach. There's lots of things we could do with Global Outreach. There's lots of amazing ministries, but we're committed to planting local churches throughout Florida and throughout the world. So I wanted to kind of give the backdrop of the Great Commission in why we do what we do through global outreach with church planting, because we believe that that is God's unique mechanism and organism to reach the world, to make disciples of the nations, and we can all be a part of that, which is encouraging. So I want to illustrate sort of what God is doing through church planting and through disciple making in a couple different countries. Uh, my wife and I had a chance to go to Malta and Athens, Greece. I told you about it a couple weeks ago, and we got to see firsthand what God is doing through this church planting movement there and how disciples are being made. And it was really phenomenal. So I wanted to show you this graphic. It might be kind of hard to see, but some of you love organizational charts. I do personally uh, like organization. But uh, so I want to explain. So Yodis is our movement leader, and he's the pastor of the first evangelical church in Athens, right in downtown. He's been the pastor there for 20 years, and he heads up the Polis Church Planting Network. So five years ago, he says, hey, I've got this guy, Alex. Alex and Tim... You know, they're trained, they're ready to go, they have a vision for planting churches. Would you, Good News Church, come alongside to help plant Exarchia Church? And we said, absolutely, we're in. So we helped launch that church, and actually these four over to the left on the second row, this, these are the first generation church plants. So a few Sundays ago when we were there, we got to go to the Iranian refugee church, which had about 60 uh, Iranian guys singing praise to Jesus in Arabic, which was a kind of a cool experience. We got to stop by there. We got to stop by Neos Cosmos before their service start and meet Eric, the church planter there. And we got to worship in the morning with uh, Kip Selly and Pastor Stefanos. 
So Good News has partnered to plant several churches in Athens. We got to go and see it for ourselves. And so as we think about making disciples and this idea of bearing much fruit, so you see Yodis and we invest in Alex and Tim, but true disciple making happens when Alex then in turn does it also. And that's what's happening through the Urban Chapel, the Intercultural Church, and the Pharos Church. So they have a vision to plant more and more churches. They're thinking very creatively how to do this through reaching refugees, through starting businesses by buying a building and renovating an area for the church to meet on Sundays, but offer skill training during the week by starting a business of renovating the space so that they can rent out office space to eventually widen their net and who they're relating to and sharing the gospel with and inviting to church. So it's really phenomenal what's happening there in Athens. And it was really neat to see it uh, up close and personal and go meet with these guys. It was phenomenal. So that's what's happening in Athens, Greece. Uh, also, Brazil is another country. There's a couple of like, friends from, uh, from Athens that we were hanging out with. And so it's also happening in Brazil. In Brazil, since 2005, we've helped start 25 churches in Brazil, which is phenomenal. So we have, uh, they have an amazing church planting movement happening. I mean, they have a pastor's conference, church planting conference with 1,800 pastors. It's phenomenal. And so I asked a few of our friends there to, put to, to get together and put together this video. So I wanted to show you this video of our friends in Brazil. You may recognize some of them. Hello, dear friends from Good News uh, Presbyterian Church. I'm Pastor Leo from Rio, the senior pastor at Gavia Presbyterian Church. As you know, we have a great partnership here in Brazil, especially in Rio de Janeiro. So our church uh, has done uh, great things in this uh, specific ministry, uh, church planting in Brazil. Uh, we have uh, $16 church and Raizes is our daughter church. As you know, we had a great partnership in this project and Pastor Philippe was uh, the planter in this project and I would like to introduce <laughs> uh, Pastor Felipe and God bless our partnership we are so happy to work together and uh, during all this through the process of planning the church in Rio de Janeiro uh, Leo has been a mentor to me and Gavia's vision uh, is being multiplied in many ways but one of the ways is to plant Paisa's church and we've been particularized since June uh, last year but we don't want this movement to end in our church. We are already uh, supporting two missionaries and uh, our first church in Rio de Janeiro. So the movement keeps on going, keeps on multiplying as we partner with each other in the vision and in uh, the resources. And one of the guys from our church is going to seminary and that's Luciano Lima. And he's already been uh, uh, with this vision of planning churches in the near future. Yeah. Yeah, so it's interesting that uh, when I remember my first met with Felipe, he told me, nice to meet you, my name is Felipe. Uh, you go to the seminary next year and let's plan churches. I have never uh, heard uh, this expression yet, so after it, it changes a lot of things in my heart. I pass it to have a, a heart for missions, for planting churches and preaching the gospel to everyone and making disciples around the world. Thank you for to inspire me. Okay. So how cool is that? You have Leo, who's a pastor. Yeah, praise God. 
Leo and Rio, who's a pastor of a church of about 1,000 people, and they have now 16 daughter churches, some of which we partner with. And Felipe, a good friend of mine, you know, about four years ago, we came alongside him and said, yeah, we want to partner with you. And uh, I got to go there last June and celebrate as they're now financially self-sustaining and have a team of elders. Uh, so it's pretty phenomenal. And Felipe actually sent me an email uh, a couple days ago that I wanted to read to you. He says, hi, Travis. How are you, my friend? Here we are in a tough situation, but with the absolute confidence that God will provide. March 8th, we were informed that the hotel that we meet in will close its doors. Uh, real estate's really expensive in Rio, so a lot of times the churches, they rent hotel spaces. So it's closing its doors. Uh, we have to find a new place in two weeks. Uh, our last service will be March 24th, which is today. Uh, we we're planning on staying till the end of the year. Uh, today, Thursday, March 21st, we still don't have a place to go, but we are truly confident that a new place will come, and soon we will give Good News Church more good news about High Easy's church. Just an update so you guys can pray about it. So they're facing a tough situation where their church building is, where they meet is no longer, so they have to find another space, but an uh, opportunity for God to show up in a meaningful way, and we need to pray in that direction. So let's do that. So we saw how God's working in Greece. You might have noticed Luciano. He was our intern here for the month of January. Uh, the last guy who spoke on there. So exciting. He's in the pipeline, if you will, of guys getting trained to potentially plant a church one day, which is pretty cool. So Greece, Brazil, we saw in India the movement that's happening there with church planting. Um, it's pretty phenomenal. Jesus invites us to make disciples around the world. We can be a part of it. It's really cool. So how does this work? What is the specific strategy that we use as a church to help make this happen? I want to briefly explain that. So uh, you've heard me say this before. So we work, we partner with movement leaders to start churches that are gospel preaching, national-led, self-supporting, and multiplying. So let me explain that. The movement leaders are really the key to making this happen. Guys like Ken Tomming, guys like Yodis in Athens, Greece, guys like Leo uh, in Rio, guys like Leonardo in Rome, Italy, who's going to be with us next week, weekend for the conference, guys like Jorge, who will also be here next weekend. So we partner with these guys. They, I'm in touch with them, asking about opportunities. They uh, are in touch with me. We Skype. We hang out. Sometimes they come here. Sometimes we go there. So uh, movement leaders are so critical to, to this being successful. So gospel preaching. Gospel, the gospel is kind of important. <laughs> uh, we talk about it a lot at Good News Church, and we talk about the bad news and the good news. And the reality is the churches that we start, we want them to be about the gospel, and we want them to verbally proclaim it each and every week. And why? Why is that? Well, first of all, I know I need to hear it. I need to be reminded. Uh, what is the bad news? What is the good news? Uh, we need to remind each other. We need to learn it and so that we can do it ourselves. And oftentimes there's people who show up uh, on a Sunday morning who don't know the gospel and haven't responded to the gospel. So that's why we're committed to that, and it's really important to us. So in a nutshell, what is the gospel? The gospel is the power of God to salvation to everyone who believes. The gospel is what the whole story is about. It's the bad news and the good news. The bad news of, you know what? We're broken and we can't solve our own problem. Uh, I'm the kind of guy, I don't like to admit uh, that I'm needy or broken. Uh, that's, I feel like that's weakness. That's kind of my mentality, how I've grown up. But the reality is the gospel and the Bible clearly teaches, hey, all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. And so I'm reminded of the gospel and need to be reminded that, hey, Travis, you can't save yourself. You have problems that you can't solve on yourself, especially the sin problem, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. So that's the bad news of the gospel. The good news is, hey, we have a Savior who lived the perfect life, who died the death that only he could that to satisfy the wrath of God, and that he made a way for us to know God. I mean, how amazing is that? And he offers that as a free gift to us and says, hey, 
Transfer your trust from yourself to me, and you can have eternal life, and you can have an abundant life on this planet. So that's the gospel. Uh, I pray that if anyone here uh, has never responded to the gospel, today is the day of salvation. Respond to the gospel. God is calling you to himself. So the gospel is really, really important. So the churches that we start must be about the gospel. So that's the first point. The second, national-led. We partner with national leaders to start churches through people from that country. So the churches we start in Brazil are through Brazilian pastors who know the culture, they know the language, they know the customs. A lot of times they plant churches in their neighborhood with people that they know. So that's the specific strategy that we use. We're not sending Americans places to start churches, but national-led. That's important to us also. Uh, Self-supporting. We don't want to hinder churches from growing, so we partner from usually one to three years financially, and the expectation from the start is that they'll be financially self-supporting within within three years. And so we say, hey, we're on your team, we're going to help fund you, but there's going to be a point where we stop so that you can raise up your own people to give, to to be financially self-sustaining. So that's really important to us also. Uh, and also multiplying. You kind of got that feel from what Ken was talking about and Mitch and also what's going on in Greece and also uh, the guys in Brazil, this idea of a movement that there's links in the chain, that it's not stopping with the church plant, but those churches will then start another church. So the phrase, I didn't explain it when I had the Greece slide up, but this idea of when a, something the Greeks say is that when they start a church, they give birth to a new church and it's pregnant with the idea of church planting. And so they're starting a church that will eventually start another church. So that's the mentality. So, so we received last year uh, probably 25 proposals asking for about $500,000. So we say no to a lot of them uh, because they don't fit uh, gospel preaching, national-led, self-supporting, multiplying. And that's okay. We can't do everything. There's lots of great causes out there, but we do have a box in which we operate um, in order to try to be most effective with the resources that God's provided. So, so those are the types of churches that we start, and we're committed to that vision and strategy. Um, and God has really done amazing things as we have stuck to that strategy. And so I wanted to kind of celebrate uh, what God's done through Good News Church since 2005. Uh, numbers aren't everything, but they are an indicator. And so since 2005, Good News has partnered to start 80 international church churches, 80 international churches in 20 different countries, and 16 throughout the state of Florida through the Florida Church Planting Network. So a total of 96 churches, and we've invested $2.7 million to help make that happen. So praise God. Isn't that amazing? Wow. How humbling and amazing what God has chosen to do through little old Good News Church in St. Augustine. It's amazing. So we're seeing a lot of fruit, and it's exciting to be a part of. Um, and so even, so basically I have, a, I have a global outreach team, so we make decisions the prior year on where we feel God, as we look at these proposals and where we feel God calling us to plant churches. So I wanted to give the list of the ones we're funding starting this year. Uh, so we have several different churches, obviously, uh, India, Italy, Brazil, Mexico, USA, Greece, Algeria, Belarus. Um, so it's pretty phenomenal. So you saw the celebration where Mitch and Dave were able to go to that dedication. Another uh, church that was launched uh, this month is our friend Gavin Felix in Coral Springs, Florida. This is New Springs Church. So this was their launch on March 10th of this month. Uh, they're meeting in an elementary school. And so uh, as our culture is shifting, we're starting to plant more churches here in the United States. Uh, so this is one uh, several hours from here that Good News has helped partner with to start. So pretty exciting. 
uh, what God's doing in our backyard and around the world. So you may be thinking to yourself, okay, well, what can I do? What can I do to participate? So our action step today, pray, give, go, or do all three. So let me explain this. So pray. There's a conference coming up. It's in your booklets. You can pray for the conference. You can pray for our movement leaders. They're in the booklet. Um, you can go on our website. Uh, we have a, good, a global outreach page, which I've listed all the church plants since 2005. You can pray for those. Uh, any resources you want, any information you want, that you're, if you're willing to pray, I'll get that to you. So let me know. Love for you to pray and join in the mission in that way. Uh, another way is giving. Uh, 13% of all money that comes into Good News Church goes to global outreach. So this year it's about $350,000 that we'll be able to use to plant churches, uh, which is phenomenal. Uh, so really thankful for your generosity and being faithful tithers. Um, another way is uh, some people go above and beyond the tithe uh, and give special gifts to plant churches. So last year, uh, $70,000 came in. We were able to plant an additional three churches, which was amazing. Uh, so I was in touch with Ken Tomming and these movement leaders. I asked Ken, hey, do you have any other further opportunities, any other people ready to go? And he said, absolutely. So he sent me a proposal this week and said, yeah, we're prayerfully asking God to show up. So maybe that's you. Maybe you're interested in helping fund that for the best bang for the buck for 10,000 bucks. You can build a building and fund a, a church planter for a year, which is phenomenal. Um, when we were in Malta hanging out with Edwin, our movement leader there, I said, hey, are there any opportunities in North Africa? He said, absolutely. Tons of opportunities. We have guys ready to start house churches in Muslim countries. He's like, let us know. We're ready. So uh, maybe that's you. Let me know if you're interested in further funding that. So praying is a, is a critical thing. Uh, giving is critical, and also going. So what do I mean by go? Well, some of you have the time and resources to, you know, go somewhere for a week and go meet our movement leaders and partner with them and see what they're doing. If that's you, I'd love to connect you to our movement leaders. I'm not going to plan your trip or fund your trip, but I will happily make the introduction for you to go and see what God's doing firsthand. So those are practical ways that we as a church body can help fulfill the Great Commission through praying, giving, and going. So I'd like to invite you to, uh, to participate in some way, uh, and I know many of you are already, which I'm really thankful for. So the, Lord, the gospel is spreading throughout the world. It's amazing. The Great Commission is being fulfilled. We have a role to play, and I encourage you to, uh, to do your part in the Great Commission and watch God do some amazing things in and through you. Join me in prayer. Father, we do lift up Felipe to you, and Haizi's church, I pray for a uh, facility for them to meet in. Pray that you would show up in a really cool way and meet their needs. God, I pray for uh, our movement leaders. Pray for Yotis in Greece. Pray for Edwin in Malta, for Dima in Belarus, Ken in India, Leonardo in Rome, Jorge in Mexico, and Leo in Rio de Janeiro. God, I pray for our upcoming conference. God, I pray... Uh, that we would just submit to your plans and purposes and... We're so grateful that we can be part of your family and that we can be a part of your team in accomplishing the Great Commission. It's in Jesus' strong name we pray. Amen.